What advice would you give to other teams who are starting similar work to improve joy within their organizations? I would say definitely know your allies. It's very important to, before you embark on this work, to know who who is supporting you. And again, to differentiate, are they supporting you because it's you, which can be okay, but really invested in this work. Are they committed to the work because it will get hard? And with that, I would say be okay with adversity. You are going to make people uncomfortable because when you reveal those impediments to joy and work, that could be something that somebody's doing that they don't realize they're doing. And so I think being uncomfortable, I've learned it's okay. And it's okay when you get pushback because that means people are uncomfortable and they're having to really think through, should I, do I need to change or not? Um, I think being, having a plan with measurable aims is really important as well. And because like I had said before, it can seem very overwhelming when you get in this of, you know, I started with a project that I said, I'm going to improve the culture at the clinic. Well, that can seem so loaded. What does that even mean? So um, there is a systemic way you can go through this. And I think IHI helps a lot with that of different areas that you can look at and even different examples within those areas of how to bring change to that. Start with the, the what matters to you discussion. And we, we just found so much uh, unexpected value in that short discussion. And by short, I mean, sometimes it was 20 minutes, sometimes it was 40 minutes. You know, you can, you can kind of, uh, you could probably talk about it for hours if you really wanted to, but, but that I wouldn't move past the, that gap. And, and if, if you're, if you, if there's a perceived or a actually objective gap in joy and, you know, value and purpose in, in an uh, organization's uh, employees, um, look no further beyond that. Go out, see, are, have, have people had those conversations? And if not, then problem solve that part first and then build off of that. I think the one thing that I learned from this is that it's okay to start small. Um, I felt like almost a, not a failure thinking small, but I wanted to think big and I like to think big. But uh, for certain things like this, I think work units are so unique and different and different work units because of the workflow, geography, uh, personnel, whatever it is, they're so unique and they each have such different challenges that I think it's okay and maybe even better in this situation to think smaller. Uh, because you can get more concrete, like you said. I think it's really important to get very concrete and specific. Um, and like for us, if I was thinking so big, I think I would be almost, you, you focus on those big boulders and you might not really hear about all those little pebbles in the shoes. But I think when I focus on just our breath center with just our staff, I'm realizing that there's some really simple ergonomic issues, for example, that you know, irritate them every day. And, and they know that the organization is working on those boulders and that we aren't here to fix those, but we're here to kind of make their lives more joyful in work and their everyday. So I'd say start because um, to me, it's an absolute no brainer. This, this work will, will make a difference. So not doing it, I don't think is, is an option. Um, I, I think the, the, the white paper is incredibly helpful in terms of setting out the rationale and the why, but the appendices are probably the most helpful appendices to any paper I've ever read in terms of um, giving folk a sense of 
change ideas and also uh, measures to, to consider. Um, I, I think the consideration of, of language is, is incredibly important. Um, I'm not saying change it, but, but just test it out. Uh, you know, Amar in East London, they, they did a lot of work with, uh, with whether joy played out, and I think you just need to, you just need to ask, so that's important. I think creating the, a short narrative is incredibly helpful, and the, the elevator pitch from lesson one or lesson two, I can't remember, um, was very, very, um, very, very impactful. So, so get that one nailed early and share it. And I think that the final bit really for, for me is, is around doing this with a team of people, either within your local system or, or neighboring systems, has been great for us because we, we've been able to consider and, and share change ideas. So get together with others and, and share change ideas and, and your successes. So that, that's probably my four or five top tips from certainly my own perspective. I think you should always be thinking, you know, like if you have a pillar, you know, you have a quality pillar, many organizations do, you know, what are the goals? So there's quality, there's people, there's, you know, finance, there's, you know, um, I said there should always be joy <laughs> and, and always reconnect back to the joy. So, um, you know, when you go back to work with your unit-based teams, Say okay, yes, we're working on quality. Yes, we're working on finance. But what are we doing about joy? And um, because it has to be something that you're going to continue um, feeding. Otherwise, you you're going to slide back into the rut of just it's about quality, it's about finance, and and you forget because joy is really it's about connecting with our purpose, but it's also about reconnecting with one another. And and I think that when you do that, you you know that builds a different culture. But then you're more excited to work on quality and finance. But you have to have joy. 